Mo ready to cook. He done went third personal. <laughs> All right, man. Mo ready to cook. Welcome to the very special episode of another week in the books. Why is it very special? Because we're here again, another week in the books. That's why. And I got my man's in here. If you're familiar with the Real Bill Media Company, some of the mashups that we've done. Him and X M Extra, Cognac and Cashmere, a couple episodes out there in the Zygeist. Yeah. My guy, Sean Wash. What's up, brother? What's going on with you, brother? Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me on. Good to meet you, man. I am happy to have yeah, you. Yeah, I'm absolutely. happy to have you. Sean is a part of the Real View group chat. We go at it, not he and I personally, but everybody in the group chat every day. And he always commends you more on you know the show and you know what we do here. So I wanted to bring him on, man. He he's got a lot of good, interesting perspectives on the stuff we're about to talk about. I get a lot of good information from the brother, so I wanted to introduce him to our fan base. Got okay. another week in the books, and that's always Wash. Welcome, brother. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, man. Glad to be here, man. And just just want to start out by saying, man, I I really appreciate what you guys are doing. I always tease them extra about. Uh, this is a revolution you guys have going, and I don't know if it's quite, you know, if, if, if it's a, if it's quite a fit for his brand, because you know how extra is. But uh, but yeah, yeah man, yeah. you guys keep doing what you're doing. It's very thought provoking and good conversation. The chemistry is there, so I really enjoy week to week, man. Uh, we appreciate that. That means a lot. Yeah, watch be tapped into everything, man. Now that so absolutely, I'm sorry. Now that's dope. Uh, I talked to another one of Lou's friends, Dro very insightful brother I, I guess Lou just is surrounded by all you insightful brothers like I really well versed in a lot of things I'm like wow I'm not I'm not that used to that I got like two friends and like you know they're like <laughs> kind of like me you know what I'm saying a little more abstract so it's like <laughs> being around like solid black men they're solid too but like solid black men that are like <laughs> more um uh well versed in a lot of information and things that are going on in the community is is super dope so like Lou said, Sean, we glad to have you. I'm I'm glad you listen. Hey, man, I appreciate the people that you know that 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 are out there batting for me because I know them early days of another week in the books. Like uh, Spike was trying to trying to Game of Thrones take Ned Stark me real quick. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for real. Golly, nice. but I'm glad I you know I, I, I throw you in the fire, man. Get you ready for it, bro. boy. I but it get was you ready for it. Yeah, so endure it. You endure it. Fought your way through that. Absolutely, man. And uh, I appreciate yeah, you for that, man. <laughs> so y'all know why we here every week another week in the books this week mo came up with the topic of the complexities of black men mm-hmm. and who better to bring in one of the my one of my elders i don't want to age him but this guy is very again thought complex thoughts and we get to talk a lot and i look up to some of his perspectives and he holds me accountable in the group chat more than probably anybody else does wow. so i appreciate <laughs> him for that <laughs> Uh, always challenging me and and that's what i look for at this age in friendship so that's why i wanted to have sean on for the complexities of black men conversations mm-hmm. uh, again you want to get in touch with us awitb2022 at gmail.com y'all send us over your thoughts whatever you think about the show we'll read them online go rate subscribe like and to steal from the full sport press podcast tell a friend about another week in the books man that way we can get this thing going like we want to absolutely shout out to good guys over there at the full sport press podcast as well i'm gonna start here mm-hmm. we're talking about thoughts sean wash was a college basketball player so we'll start in college basketball and the story mm-hmm. that's been dominating the headlines yet maurice hasn't seen this at all 
<laughs> the planet I live That's in. That's hilarious. Mo, Mo has no idea what we're talking about. So <laughs> those of you who are in the same boat as him, I get to break that down for you and get some new original thoughts on it because people have been talking about this all week. Mo, Saturday, the Women's National Championship game happened, all right? And you had Iowa versus LSU. Iowa is a predominantly white team, and they arguably have the best player in the country in Caitlin Clark. She's demonstrative. She celebrates. She does her thing because she's good at what she does. So you might catch her doing the yayo, can't see me. You might see her like shooing people off or hushing the crowd, whatever it may be. She's demonstrative. And they went into the game and got their asses kicked by a predominantly black team on Saturday. Right? So, of course, Mo, I see it in your face. You know how it goes when it's black versus white. Even though it's women's basketball, there usually no one cares. But at the end of this, my girl, my new favorite, what's her name again, Ross? Angel Reese. Angel Reese, one of my new favorite athletes. Angel Reese is the, the black girl. The black girl on the LSU team. And you know what I'm talking about, Mo, when I say the black girl. Okay. I'm here. I'm going to let you know it. I'm, I want all the smoke. I'm a confident black woman. That's what she is, right? Okay. So as they win, Mo, she kind of taunts the white girl, does the yayo face to her, let her know, like, mm-hmm. hey, man, crown us. I got the ring. Like, she did this to her. <laughs> yeah. Trying to walk off the court. She's mad. And she... Yeah. So what happened from that? Of course, media went crazy, Mo. White media especially. The owner of Barstool, who Gilly and Wallow work for, which is what I'm leading into, he called her a classless piece of shit. 20-year-old college student. Owner of Barstool called that for, for taunting somebody else after a game. Keith Oberman, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, political pundit, um, used to be on ESPN. I think he called, what did he call her, a dumbass? He called her uh, an idiot. Yeah, he called her an idiot for celebrating winning a national championship. Fucking idiot, to be exact. Fucking idiot. Yeah, fucking idiot. He quoted her tweet in the picture and called her, (laughs) felt comfortable calling this young black 20-year-old woman a fucking idiot. So, I wanted to pick up the conversation from there because Gillian Wallow came out. You know, they're signed to Barstool. They're in the same space as us, Mo, is how I'm going to tie this all in. Wallow, he came out. He was like, I don't stand with that guy. We're not working for him. He doesn't sign our checks. He's a partner of ours. But Gilly, usually the outspoken one, usually got a lot to say about everything else. He played the background, Mo. He was like, I don't really know if we need to be doing this because we got a a hundred and something million dollar deal from Barstool. He was looking kind of crazy at Wallow. But I respect Wallow for stepping up and doing it. My question to you and for the table, Mo, Sean, as we get into this, how did you guys, Mo, I'll start with, well, Sean, I'll start with you because you've seen it, and Mo, you can get our perspectives and and jump in. How did you digest this? The media making this a thing, or do you feel like the media made it a thing? Was it a big deal at all, how she reacted and how people reacted to her? Well, I don't think what Andrew Reese did was, was wrong at all. I mean, she was being competitive. If you follow women's basketball, it's, it's a part of their game because they aren't super athletic. Nobody's dunking on each other. or It's just not a game. It's played very fundamentally. So uh, 
I think she was serving up Caitlin Clark some of the energy she had been giving people throughout the tournament. She had been bragging, you know, doing the. She was calling the John Cena. We all know it's a Tony Ayo. She was Tony doing several That's one of the things tournament. that drove me crazy. Right, right. People call it the John Cena. That's yeah, the Ayo. Yeah, John Cena. Yeah, yeah. So, so she had done that a few times. So Angel Reese, she pretty much served served up a dose of her own medicine, and it was cool when Caitlin Clark did it, right? The girl from Iowa, mm-hmm. and Lou was being nice by saying predominantly white. They're all white. Yeah, they all. <laughs> Whole team was white. It's one light skin and she could <laughs> right, look like right, power right. on their team. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, um, Angel Reese was basically taunting her because. Not only did they beat the best player in the country, because Kaylin Clark is the best player in the country. LSU beat the best beat the best player in the country, and she was taunting her and saying, "Hey, you know, you did us this way, so we're serving you up that, that bit of medicine." Now, all of a sudden, it's a problem when Angel Reese, who has the long lashes, uh, does the hip hop TikToks, and she's very urban. She's black, unapologetically black, is what she says. Mm-hmm. Now it becomes a problem, you know. So you had Keith Overman come out and say. She's a fucking idiot. And then you had uh, uh, Portnoy come out and say that she's a classless piece of shit. And to Lou's point in regards to uh, Wallow and Gilly, it was so bad to the point Wallow was sitting at the forefront. Gilly was sitting behind him (laughs) (laughs) with his arms folded, scrunched face going on like he really didn't want to be there. So Wallow is basically yep. saying, hey, man, we ain't rolling with what Pointer said. And we don't rock with that. Meanwhile, though, Gilly's sitting back there quiet. He then says, shout out to Iowa, though. Or, and, then he, and then he also shouted out uh, Dave Pointer. Shout out the guy that said it, it, too. Yeah. yeah. So, so, man, it was just, it was disrespect all around from, from Gilly and uh the situation in itself was definitely blown up by the media because the two competitors, mind you, they didn't care. Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark, that's a part of the game. I get it. You know what I mean? Same yeah. with same with uh, with Angel Reese. She was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't like the way she did some of the previous competitors, so I was serving up that you know that same energy. Wasn't no same big energy. deal. They, 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 they were fighting it. So media turned into a um, a black and white suburban first hood type versus hood type situation man and mm-hmm. I mean it, it got it got so ugly to where they didn't even talk about the men's championship game at all <laughs> yeah this was overshadowing it so it was good for them in the sense of mm-hmm. notoriety like Exposure. people start going to pay attention if these two teams play next year like people are going to watch this is the most watched women's game ever you got to rig it up to make it happen yeah. you need to rig it yeah they got to make that happen yeah. yeah I'll tell you what my biggest problem was my biggest problem was that someone like Keith Olbener, Keith Oberman, Dan Portnay, they felt comfortable doing that. Like, it ain't no black person. That, like, you can go to Stephen A. Smith, any the most outrageous black person that you have in the media, they would never feel comfortable saying about Caitlin Clark, oh, she's a fucking idiot. They might lose their job. Oh, she's right. a, a classless piece of shit. Like if someone came out and said that about her that was black and talking about white people and that mm-hmm. that would like probably cause them to lose their job. So that was the biggest takeaway that I had from it is how those two dudes 
and everybody else that was criticizing her they felt comfortable doing it like we know no one's gonna come to her defense like we don't care what like it, it's not gonna make y'all not listen to our shows or y'all not gonna come defend her and shout out to Shaq shout out to Lil Bootsy shout out to Stephen mm-hmm. A. Smith shout out to Shannon Sharp because they did try to defend her and they did they try to put him in this place as much as they could do being working for somebody else but yeah, Mo, hearing right so exactly hearing all of that Mo what are your takeaways just basically based off our usual topic of conversation what do you think I just it's disgusting it, it, it's like y'all y'all just get it just bothers me so much because it's like hold on let me grab myself because I'm about to take it somewhere else I ain't gonna take it <laughs> I just I see my I see myself going. Don't one take place. it now. Nah, I can't because I don't want the show become black. Come on, Cletus. Nah, nah, come on, Cletus. It's gonna go there. I, I I know I give white people a lot of you know what I mean. Come on, Cletus, you bad. <laughs> but <laughs> the kids don't even know what you talk about. They don't know right what it was. They don't even know what you talk about, bro. Nah, but uh, uh, it's just unfortunate. It's because it's like. Our blackness always has to be buttoned up and palatable oh, for them. Mm-hmm. But then, and, you know here, which- and this this what bothers me the most too. But with it, with white people, you guys are allowed. You ever see the gentleman on, t- on online, the, the white gentleman, the newscaster dude that can dance, the white guy? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, yeah. this white guy, he be dancing with the African dude sometimes. Yeah, uh, scooter, skeeter, cousin, what, whatever his name is, he can. Oh uh, yeah, I know who okay. you're talking about. So the he white dude, big, you know, man. yeah. So he be having a suit on, he be dancing, he be kind of killing, yeah, kill, yeah killing it in a white white people way. I don't like the idea and the fact that I was hollering at Joe about this. I don't like the idea that you guys can hop in that realm and mm-hmm. oh, this is fun. This is a fun. This is hip. This is cool. Then you can bounce back out of it and go back to your liberate, li- uh, a liberal. Uh, plain Jane buttoned up whiteness but oh and then a white girl steps into that lane oh y'all want to go with the saucy flashy because I know that's a black thing that's how we are it's the classic Sydney Dean he's like oh no I like to play good and I like to look good while I do it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. from from uh you know the basketball movie so she's stepping in that realm getting all and y'all like that flashy and saucy also when we give you meet you back with that energy oh now we classless oh now we trash now we we hoodlums y'all always mm-hmm. have a oh, funny yeah, when your feelings hurt yeah y'all always have when a your feelings hurt I'm all of this yeah yeah this is a classic bird versus magic type of conversation like it's oh it's all good until we get y'all and y'all know y'all already and this is the problem with people getting so emotionally invested in sports. Like I've seen people really about to fight over a sport game that you're not even good at. You don't even. Bro. That's my I, bro. I can't even go there. Like we we'll do Is a sport. That, why you don't watch sports? that ain't no. Nah, that's not why. I, I, I told you I just got into women and then I fell fell back off of it. Never never quite got. <laughs> you know. But you must be, you must be <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. You like that? I like girls on like sports. You know, but it's cool. But you know, that's that's what I want. But you know, it's I, I, th- I know I was waiting for a bar like that, but nah. Um, Touche. And I'm, I'm gonna throw you it back. Probably Let- got that from Dro. Dro probably gave you. <laughs> nah, but I, no, Dro has hit me up. No, he did. Does that me up sound before. like something he'll say though? Yeah, yeah. No, he did hit me up way back when we were talking about the sports, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not really into it either." That was a minute ago, but I want to go yeah. take it a little further. Ask y'all before I chime in with Gilly and Wallow. Mm-hmm. Y'all are in this space. What's mm-hmm. the action you would take 
do you have any or and i don't even, we're not gonna get on here and tell people you're wrong or right because i hate when people try to tell people because it's subjective to your narrative so mm-hmm. i don't want to say oh you're wrong for this or you're right for this but you looking at it from your perspective both of y'all lou and sean yeah what what do y'all take from that how do you what would you have done if you're not wallow but let's say you're gilly and you may not you may be thinking this is my dude like i didn't i didn't succeed in rap like that i finally got my opportunity because wallow <laughs> no cuz wallow's coming from a different perspective i came out of prison bro yeah. the fact that i'm out of prison everything's a win yeah i can throw it all on the line bro i came I out with nothing years. yeah I, it's yeah. a win i'm living it's a win for me versus gilly nah bro I've been free. I've been trying to get this rap thing, ghostwriting. I've, I've been, struggled. I've, I've struggled in this realm exactly. for a long time, and I know what it's like not to have somebody exactly. to have your back. Okay. So the perspective I feel is a part of that. What? But here's your, the thing. Okay, go for it. I think I understand the question that you're trying to ask, and I, I get it. But that's the thing that keeps us from progressing as much as black men as we talk about on this platform, bro. Because if you're Gilly. What you should try to instill versus protecting your deal and your brand. I don't want anybody feel safe coming out talking about black women like that. That's me personally. So that's how I would personally approach it. I'm willing to put my brand on the line, whatever it may be, to make you, Dave, I don't care if we bosses, you my boss, you my partner, whatever it may be. The most important part of this is you should never feel comfortable coming out talking about black women like that at all. If anybody gonna do it, let me do it. Let us have that fight in our community. But you, being the white dude that own this multi-million dollars and just thinking you can sit back, kick your feet up and call a black woman a classist piece of shit. I don't respect that. And if I'm Gilly, I have to approach it in that manner. If that means whatever I say, you're gonna wanna sever ties with me and you're gonna wanna like, I ain't, I ain't dealing with y'all no more. Okay, that's cool. However, he came to the table like, I have um, I'm trying to protect some interest. My interests need to be protected here. I'll let Wallow go off because like what you said, oh, they're they gonna replace shit. No way. I'm gonna right. keep my job. Wallow, we're gonna no, be no, not boys. even that. They, not even a- that. Like if he do it, I ain't gotta do it. And then I think that's why you get people like Keith Oberman and the Dave, like, well, they not gonna take up for it, they're not gonna protect her, so I can say this. And even if it is, it's gonna be one and few and far in between. It ain't going to be an important, quote unquote, nigga to say nothing. That shouldn't be the case. Keith Oberman, Dave from Barstool, they should never feel comfortable again saying that. And if I'm in black media like we're doing right now and addressing it, I'm going hard. Just like Stephen A. Smith, as hard as he could go on an ESPN platform, as hard as the other people could go on platforms in which they're employed by. These two dudes, and they said this in the beginning of the video, we own this. Mm-hmm. Like million dollars worth of right. game LLC is me and Wallow. Mm-hmm. So I ought to be able to come out here and protect the people in my community if I feel like mm-hmm. you bullshit without thinking, oh well, man, maybe we may lose this deal. Okay, I get another deal, bro. And that's why we'll get into the 25 list. I feel like the Joe Button does that the best. I'm not going to let y'all dictate what I can talk about, what I agree with, what I say. I'm going to tell you what I think. If you don't like it, then fuck you. But you're not going to feel comfortable getting over on me. You're not going to feel comfortable thinking, oh, I can say this about this and Lou ain't going to say nothing. Nah, nah, nah. And that's what Gilly did. Gilly made it look like, okay, now I know I can get over on him. 
If I'm Dave, right. I can call him in there and there be like, hey, look, bro, I give you your own little show. Just don't say nothing, you know, when I do this. Mm -hmm. And now I, I, I'm comfortable as a white man in that position now. Mm -hmm. That's what I didn't like and I wanted to avoid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, Gilly has to understand that Dave and Barstool, they need us, right? It's like Wallow explained that uh, Me As I Were The Game is it's their product, it's their company. They have a licensing deal with Barstool. So with that being said, Gilly has to understand that, hey man, every dollar is not a good dollar. You know, I know he he's getting money from the white crowd as well as the black crowd, and he's enjoying the fruits of all that and what comes with it. And I'm not here to tell him how to run his business, but, but you know, like I just said, man, we've heard it before, all money ain't good money. And it's, it's definitely not worth it for him to go down this path of basically shucking and jiving for Dave. Just, just so he can say, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm couldn't be fixed though, you know. He, he, he'll, I got a twenty million dollar deal though. Exactly. Our niggas he, can't see this. He'll be talking about, you know, what he worth, and he'll be posting uh, Google links talking about his net worth, which is the corniest thing ever. You know what I mean? It's like when folks go down that lane, you know they losing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, so but you like, won't hit me. Though. I gotta prove it to you. Right. You won't hit me though. Now, now I want to point to the scoreboard because I'm losing and I want you to understand I, I got to look at the, I got this much money though. <laughs> right, right, right. So Wallow, like you guys just said, man, Wallow is he's from the gutter. So he can walk away from this and be, be hey, he served 20 years and I don't mm -hmm. think it's too much he can't handle. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Wallow already don't want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So Gilly yeah. has to get to that place where he understands that, man. They need us. We don't need them. Facts. Yeah, and, and it's a challenge. And I, I mean, Joe does it the best, but at the same time, everybody's not yeah. Joe Button. And not because of his attitude, but because of his talent. Like, what do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. What do you say? I'm sorry. You were explaining. Okay. Go ahead. You said you said you compared to Joe Button. And I said, yeah, but I but everybody's not Joe Button. And I don't mean in regards to the attitude that he takes on. It's like, I was dropping, move on, whatever. But I mean, from a skill standpoint. We have to understand, like, Joe Budden is light years ahead of a lot of black podcasters. It's just his gift. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, to me, he's just light years ahead. It's so natural. Like, it's people are trying to follow the Joe Budden style and format because it's so far ahead. He's a pioneer and an innovator in this space. So other people like a Gillian Wallow looking at it, and I'm not, and I, again, I'm, I'm, I agree with y'all. I'm just playing the other side. I don't necessarily know if I feel like oh I can walk away from this and do this. I don't know if my skill and my catalog is that good without the backing to feel like oh I can do like Joe Budden. I can I can dog a complex. I can dog a Spotify. Turn around and be on a complex list. Turn around and still have my podcast back on Spotify because of his skill, the reach. I don't know if they have that same kind of reach at a million dollars worth of game. And so I right. think that comes into question when you start to say, oh, well, I, I still don't agree to say, oh, uh, don't stand up for black women. Absolutely. We got to we got to. This is one of those battles. You pick and choose your battles. This is one of those ones to say, hey, yo, that was trash. I don't feel it. I don't I don't rock with you for that. And we're going to have a conversation, even if you say that. And that's it. But also understand the stakes. It's like if you've been working for some spike, you've been podcasting for, you know, for a grip. Get in that position, finally recognize doing your thing. And then you get in a position like this where it's something that you ain't feeling. And he's like, bro, I've been working for over 10 years to get in this position. I got a great job. I didn't left everything. I'm rocking. I don't necessarily want to speak to this. I may speak in private, <laughs> but I don't want to speak because he may say something in private. But I don't feel like I need to speak openly because I, I, I'm trying to lock what I got going. 
But that's yeah. his job. What's his yeah, job? Like, don't 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 come telling me if you. I get what you're saying, but if I'm so demonstrative and outspoken about everything else, when it comes to protecting and taking up for people within my community, if I'm putting the bag, my opportunity before that, then everything that I'm standing on. And I'm just basing this off their Instagrams and what they've told us. This ain't a Spike Lou thing. This is what they told us that a million dollars worth of game is about. So you if I this? have the comp, I, I'm just basing this off of what I see from them. Okay. Right? It, it feels like that they would want to be there for black people based off the product that they put out there. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. Yeah, but yeah, I, I would, yeah. yeah. All right. So well, with Sean, that you, being you, said, uh, what, what, hold on, Sean. You, you're more. Are you an avid listener then? Me and I, me and I was worth the game. Yeah. No, not at all, not at all. Um, but I, I have seen clips of Wallow. I'm more so a Wallow fan. Okay, there we go. And, me too. And I, me I too. follow what his message and narrative is out there, mm-hmm. and it's definitely about. I mean, what what Wallow did falls right in line. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying too. Like, if if you don't feel this, bro, get the fuck out of the screen then. Yeah, it's cool. Exactly. You ain't got to say nothing. Mm-hmm. You can exactly. move. And that's my problem with it. Don't sit there and pout and act like a nigga made you do this. Right. Not yeah, based man, off the brand like, that y'all have nasty. built. Yeah. It's nasty. <laughs> like, don't sit there and act like, like with your arms folded. <laughs> if you don't feel the same way that I do and you don't want to speak out against it, then stand on that because right. that's what their brand is built off of. Don't sit here and pout. Act like I didn't want to do it. So this a wallow thing. But shout out to them though. Like, no, nah, my nigga, that don't work. Mm-hmm. That's not good for us because now it makes a nigga like Keith Oberman or this Dan dude think that, oh, okay, I can say this again. Mm-hmm. When the thought process would be, when we have our own media companies, when we can speak to this, we want y'all to regret this shit and to never even think about saying it again. We're going to wear y'all out. You're going to go through the ring or something else. You lost so much stock value. Ah, oh, shit, I can't do this. That's what they position should be, in my opinion. I, gotta, yeah, I don't care. And Mo, I, I just put it like this, Mo. After what Wallow did, Dave Portnoy doubled down on Twitter. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He felt like what he did was valid and, ba- and basically shied away from the piece of shit comment and focused on the classless piece. Because he did say classless as well. Oh, he yeah. focused on that. But everybody made a point to him. Say, hey, man, we're not talking about the classless comment. We're talking about you calling her a piece of you shit. You calling her a piece of shit. A 20-year-old black woman, you felt comfortable being like, I'm a 40-year-old successful businessman. Ain't no reason for me to be calling nobody a piece of shit, really, but I'm going to take my anger out on her? Stop it, bro. You shouldn't even feel comfortable doing that. And that's my biggest issue. And let me ask this, dude. And and I don't know because we're black, so I don't know how much focus of white content kicks in. But do we see the same kind of energy just in general? Like we'll see clearly like Trump, you'll see white people be like, oh, he's an idiot. He's a whatever. That's a clear one. But like, do we see because I, 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 me and Spike spoke before about I try not to I try to not be so quick to put things in a racist bag. I would like to think most people are more intellectual to understand that hating somebody because of their skin color is dumb. Have put a reason on it. You know what I mean? This is why I don't like you. I I like to think generally most people do that because I don't think a ton of people that ignorant, but I could be wrong. Do we see this same kind of energy 
generally in sports like a Tim Tebow or a, 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 a Romo or whatever. Did you see people kind of at moments where these guys wasn't doing well or whatever? They didn't like something. Did you see people like coming out that were white, like kind of calling him out of his name in a disrespectful way? Because you guys follow sports more than I do. I just want to see if this is a matched energy because maybe you're just in this. I'm sensitive about the sport thing and I took it somewhere I shouldn't have took it at that level. You know what I mean? Like like you on the trash talking yeah, like when you talk about somebody's team. Yeah, like that's a that's a great question. Um yes. So yeah. the the immediate example would be the chick that she did it to, Caitlin Clark. And again, I want to be very clear being black media I appreciate Caitlin Clark. I like the way that she plays the game and the, the way what she does and brings to it. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said, absolutely. She does the same things that people will come into Angel Reese for. The exact same gestures. Now, I will admit it is different because what white people are holding on to is, oh, this was after the game. She followed her around to do this. She got in her face purposely. And what Caitlin Clark does is within the game she does it naturally it's a natural reaction to her hitting a three or whatever it may be that's fine if that's how they want to look at it okay with that being said to your question mode yes it does happen and i appreciate it i never once thought about looking at caitlin clark her hooping after or doing whatever she does after a hoop or a game and she done had a great job and being like man look at that class this piece of shit I wouldn't even feel comfortable saying that, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm not nowhere near as big as those people are that took shots at Angel Reese. However, still, I still wouldn't feel comfortable calling Caitlin Clark a classic piece of shit or uh, whatever the fuck else that the other dude said about her. So to answer your question, no, it doesn't happen. Like white people aren't held to the same standards when you have black people doing shit, which is why this blew up so much. Because us as black people, we notice that. we like, whoa, 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 this don't look right. Y'all way too mad for some shit that we seen this white girl do all season. Why are y'all this mad? And that was why it took legs and ran off. You think, you think, so Sean, have you seen this at all? Or you do you agree? Like, have you seen white media people get on maybe a white athlete? Like, just like this, in some kind of capacity at some point in time? Like, uh, he's, he's this or he's that. Like being Roethlisberger, I'm just thinking about people that has hit the circuit. Like, or is this just like way out of? <laughs> well, yeah, and it's funny you bring up the name because Ben Roethlisberger was was accused of rape, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, you, you look at right. Big Ben compared to Deshaun Watson, mm -hmm. who was who was accused mm -hmm. but never charged, completely exonerated. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, even, even Michael Vick? You ask mm -hmm. the common person, hey, man, what was Michael Vick convicted for? They dog, he fought dogs. They think that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Then you ask him about being Roethlisberger. They'd be, oh, oh, he had a rape charge? I didn't even know that. He played for the Steelers? You know, you know the sadder part of this all, and we can move on. The saddest part of it all is that us as black people, when we get in these positions in media, a lot of times it's such a normal thing. We drink from that same Kool-Aid. We'll get our Charles, our, our Charles Barkley's to talk down and be like Kanye's an idiot, or this is a, this person's a this. Or this we, we feel so, an idiot. Yeah, we feel so comfortable. We'll get there and do it too. We feel so comfortable because we sipping from that same well. And we, uh, what's to do, John Morant? Like, we gotta really remember. <laughs> 
where we stand. Because sometimes I think that, and I'm not trying to put us in that place, but sometimes you think because you're in the house, you're in the same position because you're not in the field. And that has to be reminded as far as mentality wise, as, as far as remember whose side you on. This is not an anti this. This is a pro this. Black. I'm just representing for my people. That's it. Right. Like I don't think enough people have that mentality. Right. Enough people don't have that mentality. Like I'm I'm just rapping for my people. People that look like me. Shout out to Issa Rae. I'm here for black people, bro. I'm rooting for everybody. Everything that's black. Sometimes that means I gotta be biased towards uh, that's fine because I see it every day with every other culture in media and sports. So we should be able to do the same thing. And we should feel proud in doing it. And if I lose, well, if I lose my job or whatever it may be, then okay, there's another black platform that I can get on. That's what our biggest fear is. We lose the opportunity that we work so hard to get. I'm Stephen A. Smith. I don't want to lose that opportunity. Just yeah. we're talking about Gilly. Yeah. I'm critical of him, but I understand him yeah. being in that position. Like, I ain't trying to lose this opportunity. I don't know Angel Reese. Yeah. Like niggas don't. He's looking at it like niggas don't need me to step up. Everybody, look at my nigga Wallow. White, right white people have said worse things to me to my face, and I let it ride. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. This dude right here talking about it. I ain't got to do too much, but that's not the case. Yeah, that's man. I think what we fail to understand in trying to push ourselves in this media spaces and doing a lot of this stuff as we are able to do now independently. And you ain't got to be on ESPN. You can have a blog. You can have a podcast. Being able to be like I ain't. None of y'all niggas sign my checks And I can say what I want to say And I'm going to represent my people <laughs> yeah. I don't think enough people have that standpoint That's true um, Yes Recently, I know y'all spoke about it on, on deck But Complex, they have come out with their 25 media lists um, Y'all spoke a little bit about it It was on our dock here was there a little bit more that you wanted to elaborate on or Sean, did you get a chance to even see this list of the, the media? I want to know what y'all thought for me personally. That's really why I put it on the top. I want to know what y'all thought about it. I'm biased, of course. I feel like the on deck TV podcast should be. I know, right? I know. Sure, I feel that. I feel that. No, y'all, wanna, if there was fifty, y'all be there. Like, no, just no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what you What you think, Sean? Yeah, I saw the list. I did not like that the uh, Diddy's girlfriend, ex girlfriend, what the, mm-hmm. I don't. The she Carisha made girl, whatever. Could Carisha, could City girl. Yeah, yeah, Carisha, please. <laughs> Have she you ever watched it, it though? I Have did watch it. Do it. Have you ever watched one of the, the interviews or shows? I, I I watched the one she did with uh, Meg Thee Stallion. Because mm. you know they was they, they were back and forth and you know talking yeah. and talking so. It was yeah, that was right there. that was entertaining. That's <laughs> real good information right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So while that episode was entertaining, I still feel like her situation is really just heavy. So I don't really consider her a podcaster, really, mm-hmm. because has she ever done it just solo, or she didn't have a partner in crime? So it's really just like a a show she has guests on every week and. Mm-hmm. Some of them, the the questions are corny as hell, and it's and, and on, on top of this, I'll be honest, it's just not for me. So yeah, yeah, you know, seeing her on the list it lost a little credibility with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did I did not disagree with Joe Budden being number one. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's the mo- he's the one I'm most invested in, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah, out of anyone on the list. So 
that yeah. made sense. It was surprising though, given a complex relationship. <laughs> um, yeah. with, with him and academics, because I, I watched them both when they had their when they did their show on a uh, complex. Yeah, with uh, uh, the desk and everything. That was no, that was that was a dope ass show. That they had a. I mean, when I, I seen that, that what was the I, name of that? Everyday struggle. Everyday man, that shit was good. That man. was bro. I live for that on my lunch break, bro. bro. I used to love <laughs> watching that shit, bro. Oh. Yeah. That was that was so like I mean, Joe Budden, man. I'm telling you, man. If we ever meet meet him, like, well, bump that. Give us a deal, brother. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, but no, seriously, like he just opened a lot of doors for me, like from a mental standpoint in regards to like. Taking your natural ability to be able to have compelling conversations and be able to make money off of it, be able to create a demand for it, be able to uh, move around uh, in in a pop in, in these certain spaces. He just did something so innovative, and we maybe that'll be just a show, just the Joe Budden show or whatever that we talk about. But um, the list, I thought it was good. I think it was accurate. I don't really have a lot of like the Kai Karisha, I guess. I mean, maybe she recent. I don't know who this Kai Connect dude is. With the number six with the dreads, I I don't know this guy. Yeah, the Twitch. Oh, I guess Twitch yeah. probably big on Twitch then, because but because yeah, he, he broke a record on Twitch of like having the most followers at one time. I guess it's like yeah. over three hundred thousand. Yeah, I get. Um, yeah, probably yeah. was streaming. I guess so. Mm-hmm. He's a big deal. Yeah, he's I mean, I, I I think I, he Facetime Drake. Um, he had little baby and on there. G Herbo pregnancy simulator. Whether he had the little, you know, you seen that clip where she herbal had the little thing on and he was pressing the buttons and shit. Oh yeah, uh, the pregnancy, yeah, that was him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's new generation stuff. Yes. Um, I agree with you from the sense of I think that Joe does this the best. I agree with the list because Joe's not afraid to be vulnerable. Uh, he's not as exactly. afraid to be the only person in the room like well this is what I think and I'm me and I'm representing me I don't only give a fuck what y'all think <laughs> he's lost friendships over this we've seen that play out mm, yeah. like, and, and and still been steamrolling and keeping it moving I think Joe is the most vulnerable person in this space which is why we relate to him so much I'm willing to tell this person I, am, I don't really fuck with that I don't fuck with your album Drake Like, <laughs> so what and not just out of a hating standpoint but out of a standpoint like this is just me and i agree with you mo he is one of the most compelling figures here i try to model a lot of what i do behind him in the sense of i want to be vulnerable as well too and let people be able to relate to who you really are Mm -hmm. i want to have to put on a face to go do this like i feel like a dj vlad does what charlamagne the god does Mm -hmm. or even like we just talked about with gilly not so much wallow but gilly mm-hmm. like i don't mm-hmm. want people to feel like ah oh, this is his podcast face but when i see him dolo he might got other thoughts and stuff like this i think joe the mm-hmm. reason he's number one is like it's all the same bro mm-hmm. the camera on or off you're gonna get the same shit from me mm-hmm. that's what i respect from him and i think that's what goes so far into making people feel like that he's number one yeah, and you you brought up a great point about being vulnerable one one piece to add to that just to peel back a layer Joe is not afraid to embarrass them or to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's that's the skill yep. he's mastered that really nobody else in the fly game is willing to. <laughs> Boy, you know, I mean, Joe, <laughs> like think Joe about it. Be wrong about a topic, he will die on that hill. Yep. And mind you, he'll come back the very next pod and be like, you know what? 
Oh, no. <laughs> they were killing they him. My so ass. Oh, they kicked my ass. Killing. Absolutely. It's like yeah. he's found his niche in being wrong and then coming back to accept accountability on it, but still make fun of himself about it. Yeah. It's, and, it's and, just and, a skill he has. And make it compelling content. Yeah. Yeah, man. It makes for great content for him. Yeah, like, he, that man lost two of his good friends in front of the world because two of his people that knew him mm-hmm. not like random employees oh i hired you these niggas knew him yeah and they came mm-hmm. out and told the world oh he does bad business and he may have took a hit in some places but again mm-hmm. this is five years after that and he's number one on this list mm-hmm. like so i think a lot goes to that as far as man i'm putting it all out here i'm giving this everything i got I don't get that from a lot of these other guys. I don't get yeah. I'm giving this everything that I got from a lot of these other people on the list, other than maybe Wallow. Yeah, Wallow, yeah, he need Wallow need to go dolo, really, to be honest. Like he needs to go dolo yeah. and he needs to bring a co-host that's equally on the same mission, but maybe a little louder. Um, but see, then it might get too preachy though. The the good thing about Gilly and Wallow is Gilly is that like man nigga shut up you ain't gonna do all of that like it, don't bring nothing to me bro every time I watch it it's to like, you though I, I you are more of a uh, a centered positive dude though Mo. like Gilly is the no I'm, I'm here I'm, to fuck with you I want to poke the bear like all yeah, that positive nah, nah, shit here, is cool here, my nigga but yeah shut up nah this is what I am I am that but that's not what it is I'm really mm-hmm. more of the art. Mm-hmm. Your art, your skill set, that how you bring it. Like I told you, I don't like how Nori does it at all. However, mm. there's an art there. I was like, okay, yeah. there's some kind of art to this chaos, and it seems mm-hmm. to be a formula. I don't like it as far as your your personal skill that you bring to it, but there's an art here. With mm-hmm. Gilly, I just don't see it at all. I'm like, I, when he gets by himself and he goes on his rants, I'm like, okay, there it is. But when he be there, he just like he just be high and just be like, yeah, straight up, cause yeah, we used to like they had a quick <laughs> little jokes and then I was just like, I don't get it. I like, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I'm not saying he don't deserve what he got. I just, I just think Wallow, if he had, <laughs> I can't tell you what type of co-host I think would be a better fit, cause I'm not in that space as much no more as I used to be, but. I just think that he could probably swap out and probably take it there. He just need a certain, I don't know who it is. It's got a certain kind of loudness about him that really kind of like what, what Gilly tries to do up maybe, but more articulate. Like they like, yeah, I doubled down. I said it again. You heard me. Like, I'm like, okay, there we go. Now we get the ball rolling. But I, I mean, they homeboys. So it's probably gonna always be that. Hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, aren't they related? They're family, aren't they? I think they're they cousins. They yeah, cousins. They cousins. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah but taking it, least they, they say that at least. So. Yeah, you know, for black people, three <laughs> uh, cousins. Right? You know how we are. That's my yeah. cousin. I've been knowing it forever. But before we, and we're about are y'all blood related, niggas? Man, no. show me some tests. Uh, right. Joe Button says though, to take it a little further, he says media personalities are becoming bigger than rappers. Is that true? Absolutely. Sean, the most, yeah, the, yeah, yeah okay. the most famous person in hip hop other than Drake probably is Joe Button, and it translates to so many different office spaces and mediums and things that you can do mm-hmm. if you're able to do a podcast now, which is why you saw Ti, Scarface, all of mm-hmm. these people try to start podcasts. Mm-hmm. The media personality, the person that's able to comment on everything that's going on mm-hmm. out in the zeitgeist 
on a weekly basis mm-hmm. is adding way more value now than a rapper that comes out every four five six months mm-hmm. talking about the stuff that's going on mm-hmm. so joe is right yeah. we're getting in front of the trend like complex this is the first year they've had this list right like the I think top, so. top 25 yeah like, i've never seen no shit like this yeah Right. They've been a podcast list before. This is the first time I've never seen that. Well, this is more of a media list. This is media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, media in general. But I've never seen them acknowledge how important the media is to what we do. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, everything that's going on with music, people selling their catalogs, low sales, like it's just not the same that it used to be when we were like expecting albums or even people going on press runs you have artists now the biggest artists in the world and dj academics just talked about this they don't even do press Mm -hmm. and my speculation as a media person is they don't do press because they don't want to make that person doing the press as big as they are Uh, yeah yep they don't want to make the random podcast oh he got drake on there man he may be dope you you gain more than to themselves now I, I'll let I'll let your little Yachty do it because I know he ain't serious about this. Mm-hmm. I'll let this nigga interview me before I let some podcaster that been doing this shit for ten years shout out to on Deck TV podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> I'll let I'll let little Yachty do it before I let you niggas do it. Well, I ain't gonna go sit down and talk with Joe Buttons because that's gonna give him too much sway. All of the mm-hmm. rappers, I think, are looking at it that way now. They see how powerful the media is, and they know those people have your ear more often than they do as artists it's the reason beyonce don't do interviews no more i think it's more than just that though (laughs) part of the reason beyonce part of the reason you know what i'm you know it's definitely more more to it than that so at what point in your career did you decide right right right. well i can just tell you being in lou and i we talk about this in the chat man I find myself looking for podcasts more than I do music releases. Oh, boy. Facts. I mean, boy. you know, it's Facts. I'll be going through my phone and hell, I'll pay for title, but I'm like, I listen to podcasts more than I do music. Way uh, more so. And, and I'll be honest, a part of that, you know, I'm, I'm 44 years old. I don't mind aging myself. I'm 44 years old. The music today just isn't as good. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot more micro microwave type of music that's being put out even from an r&b standpoint they're, they're yep. dropping yep. these 10 track albums that last 35 minutes mm-hmm. each song is like maybe three minutes a piece mm-hmm. that's trash to me so you know it's very <laughs> microwave i listened yeah. to that a couple of times and i'm like okay that was okay musically but where do i go from here mm-hmm. it, it was it was nothing that really stuck to my rib when it yeah. comes to listening to the album. Yep. so yeah and podcasting that space definitely uh, overtaking yeah. music well, you know real what? Real quick, real quick, Mo, you brought up a good point when you said stuck to your ribs, Sean. Because for podcasters, that's what podcast lane people to listen to them. That's what we look for. Now, when you find a new podcast, I got something new that I can listen to every week. Oh, I feel like I know this dude. I feel like that all of the stuff, the inside jokes that you get from the Joe Budden or the On Deck TV podcast or whatever you listen to, mm-hmm. you start to be like, oh, okay, I relate with this person a lot. I enjoy listening to this. Oh, they got this person, this guest on there versus music. Like you said, this is falling off. You don't feel that same connection with music because it's so microwave nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, it, here's what it is too. The music business music sounds like the music business <laughs> you guys have now found out how to make money in the music business 
And so now you make music with the music business in mind. So it sounds microwave. It sounds manufactured. It sounds like you're catering to whatever is working. People have moved over from music to podcasting and and YouTube and all of the content consuming outside of it simply for the fact that we no longer are getting our mental stimulation from hip hop anymore from the mainstream hip hop. Let me not discredit all of those who still on the battlefield. That's really putting in work still. You know what I mean? But we no longer get that from a mainstream level. We used to still get certain consciousness, even in some of the hit records that Kanye would drop, some of the records that Jay would drop, some of the stuff Drake was dropping early, you know, and Mm -hmm. and many more before that, you know, Outkast, all of the OG way back, like Pac, Big. We were getting some kind of information and and, 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 uh, uh, intelligence. Now we're not getting any of those things. So now that you. So now you're giving me two and a half, three minutes of what? Blah. Right. It's a waste of my time. I just, you right. just gave me mental junk food. I don't need that. And that's the problem, bro. Like, yeah. when, when yeah, did thanks. you, when did you start feeling the shift? Can you think about a song, an uh, era, a, a tape, any kind of thing where you know it's like, oh, this is what's about to be the new wave. I can see where it's going. I, I know I'm about to be out. Can you remember any in your recent memory? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and people may not like me for this, but I mean, it, it starts <laughs> with Drake, man. I mean, Drake oh, is the biggest. I see where you're going. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he set this wave of he mm-hmm. was singing and rapping, but then it got to a point to where even when you listen to his tracks, mm-hmm. if he's singing, there's not a bridge in the song. Mm-hmm. You know, he may give you two verses and he's out of there. Mm-hmm. When I'm used to hearing people sing, I'm getting two verses, I'm getting a bridge, mm-hmm. and then you know that that track may last three and a half, four minutes because they 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 still at it at the end with the ad lib. <laughs> yeah, that that isn't Drake, but Drake got to this space to where people really felt like he could sing, so they were giving him that attention. Mm-hmm. And he he could always rap. Don't get me yeah. wrong, it, it, literally as far as his rapping skills, he's he's there. Yeah. When it came to the singing piece. He integrated that into his whole style, and people tried to emulate that. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. you had your um, your Bryson Tillers, your Blacks, mm-hmm. your um, Tory Lanes, Tory Lanes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. People start trying to emulate that. Yeah. Not only do they not rap as well as Drake, they don't really sing that well either. No. So their their tracks are even more convinced. Black just dropped <laughs> an album. I think this album has like. 16, 17 tracks, so it's not even an hour long of music. It's not even an hour worth of music. You talking about that love story one from Atlanta, or he dropped another one recently? Or? He just dropped the one recently. Like Ooh, two Black, weeks. Yeah, Black just had an album that came out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, two weeks I'm ago. so out of the loop, y'all. I can't even. I'm telling I, mean, I you, bro. get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. out here buying tiny houses and rebuilding them and shit, <laughs> man. He ain't got it. Bro, because it's, it's, it's the stimulant, bro. It. it I'm telling you, it's the mental, it's so much great television, at least just creative television that you can buy into with your time. There's so much podcast you can buy into. Uh, There's so many, uh, there's, uh, you know, news or there's information. There's so much you can buy into. It almost just feels like when it comes to music, I can't, like hip hop was like a serious stock to buy into. Like we didn't look at pop music, rock, that's not, none of that was serious stock to buy into. Because it was, it didn't come from a personal standpoint. Hip hop was built on personal roots, 
from the ground, from the struggle, from the hood, from the East Coast, all the way across the country and, and now across the world. It's gotten away from that stimulant story. And now it's just it's just poo poo. Like, I it's don't know. Popcorn, I, like you said, Sean. It's, it's just music popcorn. industry music. Like it's, it's, that, it's so much competition out there now for that real estate in your head of, OK, yep. I'm at the gym. I'm going to listen to this. I'm riding in the work. I want to listen. And, and most people don't even ride in the work no more. Yeah. You got the sure. people that lost out because, hey, I, I don't even have to listen to an hour worth of music on my commute no more because I work from home. Boy. I don't want to hear all that shit sitting in my house. I'd mm-hmm. rather have somebody talking in the background mm-hmm. where I can get a earn your leisure and I'm learning something about my Fast. business yeah. or anything of that nature. So it's so much competition nowadays for music. I know for me, coming up uh, when I did, if I was feeling a certain type of way or wanted to hear something like I would listen to Tupac. Mm-hmm. Like you would go listen to music. Now I might listen to Audible. Mm-hmm. I might have a podcast that I listen to about mm-hmm. mental health. Like all of these things are competing for the music, or excuse me, competing for the same place that the music had one point in time yep. in our lives. Facts. And the music just don't offer us the same shit no more. Yeah. Like all the time, like you said, Sean, I'm looking and I'm like, this shit don't stick. It's cool, but like I like it today, but tomorrow I don't want to hear this no more. Yeah. I'd rather hear a podcast. I'd rather hear a book. I'd rather hear any like a YouTube fifteen minute clip about uh black male affirmations. All of that stuff yeah. is taking up my time more so now than music. Yeah. And it's more so because mm-hmm. y'all ain't they not saying nothing to me. Mm-hmm. To me. I won't say that they ain't saying nothing to eighteen yeah. year old, twenty one year olds. Y'all yeah, might still right. be getting off on it. it, but me, the young boy, they love aging it. myself. Like you yeah. said, Sean, as a forty year old man, like y'all not, y'all are not talking to me. Yeah. And the niggas that are talking to me, they don't come out frequently enough mm-hmm. for me to be like, ah, man, let me check title every Friday for what's coming out. I don't care. Like Sean, I had to tell me, yeah. like Sean, I had to tell me in the group chat, and it's very rarely even then. Them niggas post music all the time. And I never even click on it. Like, yeah. I'm yep. good. I'm good. <laughs> and it ain't because they got bad taste. Yeah. because I know. Yeah, I just know what it is. And I think yeah. that it, it speaks to the complexity as we get into our themes episode. Because you do leave at the end. You're like, so what? That's that's pretty much the general response. So you send me, you send me that Drake record. And, I, in my head, once you sent it, I was like, so. I just man. walked away. So. so, but I think this ties into the complexity concept of just. But more than more than what meets the eye, Sean, I'm gonna throw it in your court immediately here. When there's a different type of black man that you notice today, and different is different in each person's experience, right? Mm-hmm. What is your general reception to that versus like when you were younger? Because we all grew up and we've been around like, man, he kind of different. He ain't into this or into that. So, what would you say to your experience and how that connects to that, and how do you feel about? a different black man how you when you were younger versus now so man growing up i mean i grew up i grew up in sports i played sports my whole life grew up an athlete played basketball and everything so growing up Rock i had people in my life like uh wow that, that little rock arkansas i didn't I mean uh i didn't mention that at the beginning of the pod little rock arkansas, <laughs> stand up rock, rock city <laughs> yeah still rock city so uh but yeah man i grew up with figures like keith jackson in my life who was a principal ball player from Little Rock. Um, 
he had a group of guys together, not only from the suburban areas, but from the urban areas as, as well, playing together on an amateur athlete team as a collective. Mm. I got to see both sides of the tracks. You know, I grew up in the suburbs, you okay. know, grew up in a two-parent household, middle-class family. Uh, with that being said, though, my dad was my dad was an educator, mm. so he understood the importance of me seeing both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning kids from the urban areas as, opposed, as as well as kids from the from the suburb. Um, so growing up, the the average black man I saw was more involved and mm-hmm. and really was more invested in in us being educated and equipping ourselves to be able to take care of ourselves and our families as we got older. Mm-hmm. Now, what I see today with black men, which are men my age <laughs> with uh, with kids, they're invested, but it's more from a monetary standpoint. It's more of a, mm. yeah, I'm raising you and I'm rearing you to be this athlete so you can take care of us. Get rich. <laughs> you know, so so we can get rich. It's it's no longer AAU. It's travel ball now. Mm. You're 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 playing with collectors like Brad Bill has a travel team. Uh, CP3 has a travel team. All of these professional athletes have their own travel teams in their own respective regions. Man, these teams are filled with kids from all over the country. So Brad Bill is based out of St. Louis, Missouri. He has kids on this team from Little Rock, Arkansas. So, so, so dads I know are sending their kids out of the communities of Little Rock to go play in St. Louis, Missouri, with the hopes of their child or or somebody else's child making it big, mm-hmm. to then bring them up. Mm-hmm. So, so the the whole investment is completely different now than it was when I when I grew up. It's gotten really bad to where, man, the the. The parents are pretty much mooching off these kids. It's really sad to see. It's mm, really yeah. sad to see. Um, uh, so you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's that's where we are as a society. I don't know so much about the Nashville. Yeah, I've been I've been in Nashville for going on eighteen years now, and uh, I'm not that in tune with what goes on in Nashville sports wise outside mm-hmm. of TSU basketball. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Arkansas, man, you know that's home. So a lot of my former teammates and and good friends are still there. I mean, it's it's crazy to hear guys talk about, yeah, man, you know my kid's really good. He's getting recruits from everywhere. But oh, by the way, he's not playing in Arkansas this year. I'm sending him to Kansas to go play prep. <laughs> and it's like, why? It's hey, man, I got to get <laughs> eyes on him. You know, I got. I want people to see him. Yeah, yeah. So, it ain't about so, the experience. It ain't about. Nice. Learning the sport more so It's now I want him to get an NIL I want him to get a scholarship I want him to be in the mix Yeah, I don't give a fuck really what he learned If he in the mix I know as a parent I'm gonna get yeah. something from this Yeah, yeah and, and, and most importantly I'll, I'll wrap this I'll put a bow on it It's taking away the experience These kids would normally get from seeing both sides of the tracks mm-hmm. Because this, this this kid is no longer growing up in Little Rock He's growing up on the road, traveling as a teenager. Mm. He, he's he not a professional at a young age. Right, right. He, he's, not, road, he's not experiencing basketball three times a day. From the standpoint yeah. of seeing people fight. Not that he has to fight, but seeing people fight or 
you know, seeing different altercations with students and teachers, adults and adults and students. Kids are missing all of that now because, mm-hmm. man, every, everybody is so focused on getting their kid, somebody else's kid, brought up in some type of monetary system to where they to where they can take care of the bigger conglomerate as a whole, being the family left back home. Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's, it's nowhere near as complex uh, as it was back then. It is now. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. Wow. Um, I throw it in your court, Sean. You almost kind of sound like, and maybe if you were around that, then in some people's story, you would be kind of the different type of black man. I'd imagine. Uh, maybe if you if you're around people that are like you know maybe less fortunate maybe didn't know two-parent household maybe you know not familiar with like parents being educated like more like you know a little more of a challenge in their uh environment so i imagine you might be the different black man to them at that time and maybe would you say that they were the different type to you at that time as well because of your experience yeah, 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 yeah. I would, I would, and 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 it's like, man, you know, I, I have two kids. I have a, a six-year-old and a one-year-old. Okay. Uh, my son, son is six, and my daughter is uh, just turned one. So I, I she's fourteen months. I, I get on my wife about this. She's still using these. <laughs> oh, you know, women they do that, bro. Yeah. Let it go. Twenty-nine months. <laughs> what? Go. Two years old, bro. I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that either. She, she's the one that turns two in my eyes, you know. So. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, man. I, I try to uh, being being in Nashville. I do come across people at the YMCA. I go to YMCA every day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I do come across come across younger kids in those environments, and I try to be that that different person that they see mm-hmm. because these are kids that are in single parent situations. Okay. Uh, and and again, not that I grew up like that, but a lot of my friends did. So mm-hmm. it's somewhat open my eyes to their experience mm-hmm. you know so um I, I don't know how how familiar you are with little rock but i grew up in the banging in little rock era right mm. so that was Wait, that's Mo, have you ever seen that doc are you familiar with that doc no you aren't you're <laughs> no so yeah it's so, the homework i mean it, it's, it's, on, it's, actually, it's on youtube it's, it's on youtube so yeah it, you gotta time, watch that Mo. yeah google banging in the little rock so, yeah, you got yeah, to yeah. is that a band no i'm just playing Right, yeah. Nah, <laughs> but it, it it'll was, give you some insight. Just a, a small break. I'm sorry, Sean. Um, the whole scene in Snowfall. You watch Snowfall, Mo. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? when, they when they went, went to, to Little, make the deal out there and went to Little Rock. Okay, yep, there was an Arkansas Little Rock. That's kind of a, a loose interpretation mm-hmm. of how little rock was heavily infested with bloods they did a whole documentary on hbo about it it's called banging the little rock um it's on youtube you can watch the whole thing on youtube but yeah it, it kind of shows niggas from cali went to the pen down south and then the niggas in the pen from little rock learned the gang banging shit from the niggas that was in cali in the pen in little rock and you had this whole epidemic of gangster uh, gang banging shit in Little Rock that they weren't used to. So banging a Little Rock, banging a Little Rock. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Sure, for sure. Um, so, Lou, what about you? Yes. Uh, and I know, shouts out to Dead End, and I know we've talked about like like a gentleman like a Mike C Town, right? Like mm-hmm. we talked about like he's like mm-hmm. different. He's just into different things, and 
it's just unfamiliar to certain types you know what i mean just like what you might be into is unfamiliar to certain types did you grow up around people that were like different to you and then how did you look at them then like in your classroom or on the block or in school or at the job where you're like man you this cat is a different type of black dude right now <laughs> so here joe and i talk about this a lot you know joe maurice mm-hmm. so we were real stuck up snobbish ass niggas <laughs> like at 40 looking at this shit now like we uh, if you weren't on what we were on if you didn't have a similar mindset like bro you was lame we don't fuck with you like go over there and enjoy yourself by yourself like we ain't got nothing to do with what you have mm-hmm. going on and with that being said now that i'm 40 years old that different type of black man that you speak of when i hear people talking about different experiences mm-hmm. when i hear people talking about traveling and things like that my antennas instantly shoot up because now i want to know like okay where are you from how did you get into that mm-hmm. because i came from a place where we weren't interested in all. i remember when i first started traveling and i went on my first cruise and i came back telling niggas about it they weren't impressed at all like okay cruise i don't give a fuck nigga like you was on a boat for seven days like like that's that's lame to me that trick, you however, the wrong treatment <laughs> yeah yeah however the experience that i got from that and just what it gave me going to the different places when you go to ports i was like oh shit that's dope with that being said we just didn't have that we we couldn't experience that where we were from like, if niggas were like that they were different from us we don't want to deal with you mm-hmm. now to answer your question mo when i see stuff like that i'm 100 in tune with it i want to know okay what they thinking how they get there mm-hmm. i i perceive them as this way now they hit me with a curveball and say they traveled to china or africa mm-hmm. for two weeks with a family how did you get there i want to know that mm-hmm. i'm way more inquisitive about things that i'm not accustomed to now that i'm this age because no i know what that can bring i know that brings me additional insight additional perspective additional business acumen from people who didn't just grow up like me who don't just look like me because i fell victim to when i was that age or in that space like i only want to deal with people like me who got similar circumstances to me who understand what to do if they in this situation who understand what to do with nasa they, they will react like me i feel comfortable and safe around people like that mm-hmm. now that i've grown up i'm like okay now nah, i need to know everything i want to know how you experience like what you said mo going to china and whatever mm-hmm. may i, I want to yeah. know how you think about that mm-hmm. so to answer your question in the beginning mm-hmm. we were terrible to people like that yeah they weren't like us and they're yeah. like didn't have the same aspects and one trying to get money fuck bitches and look fresh mm-hmm. like i ain't we're not fucking with y'all yeah. but now at 40 like yeah. that that's the last thing on my mind if you have different experience from what i have i want to know everything that you've been through i want to know where yeah. you've gone where you work at how you make the much money you make like how you meet the girl you met all of that stuff i want to know now because i'm older mm-hmm. and i know what those experiences come with okay uh um, what say you though mo I'll be a little brief. Um, I I I was that different black black guy. <laughs> like I was like I wasn't in like rock or goth or, or whatever. Like when we think that we normally think this stream, but I was. Um, which is why I think that 
I never fully could get into the popular crowd because I like the things that they like, but I didn't like the generic parts of it, of this fake, cool, fake acting like you don't like Dragon Ball Z or you don't like animation or you don't like or oh you, you or acting like oh you wasn't hurt when you when old girl played you or she broke up with you like I just never was into the generic part of it like so I I realized at that point I, like, I must be different because all of y'all are extra macho all of y'all are extra you know hyper this hyper that and I just like I don't feel that way like I I never felt like how they felt as far as being in school and the extra macho versus me is like man I like Pokemon cards. All right, man, I like Beyblade. Or man, I like to do other things. I like to play other type of video. I don't want to just play 2K. I want to play Noir. Legend of or, Zelda. I would never I would take it that far. That's <laughs> that's a little bit that's the that's the black nails right there. That's black nail. But I want to play Super Smash Brothers, you know what I'm saying? So, or Mario Party, whatever. Like I just I was that different type of black dude. And then as I've gotten older, uh it's actually worked in my favor tremendously. Me and you talk about that as far as the complexity. It's like we talk about being able to have those conversations with people that don't look like us, where it's like, oh, wow, you're into this. Or they might not even react in bad eye because of the climate we're in now. But it, it worked in my favor to actually be into other things and be kind of adventurous and curious into all of these different types of content activities and yearning and wanting to get into these things through, you know, contents that I've consumed. So I think being different at a young age, it, it, it worked in my favor. Now, now it's much cooler. It wasn't cool then though, like at all. Like now you ain't on no team. You ain't on no, which is funny how this whole thing works. Rap. So yeah, exactly. But you, <laughs> anyway, but I keep it moving for the sake of the time. Um, Sean, with, with black men being complex, why do you think that we, with society, we're not given the benefit of the doubt in our complexity? It's always kind of chalked up as, you know, angry black man or oh, he just being a nigga or it's always boggled down to something simple when we're more complex versus, you know, white people, really any other ethnicity uh, in real time and even in television, they get given the leisure of being complex it's like okay well he's a you know we'll watch shows like oh well he's a killer but his mom went through this and this kind of shaped him this way he was once a good guy we can give them just through television or or real life we can give them a little bit more leeway because we consider all the, the complex experiences but with black people we're not giving the same thing why do you think that we can't be seen as complex well, I mean, for me, it's for me. That's that's simple. It, that that would require thought from, from those <laughs> trying to trying to understand us and, and our complex. So they they just don't want to give any time to to even think about it to to try to understand where we're coming from from a complex uh, standpoint. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, yeah, it's um, it's you know, everybody has this thing of you know, I'm on the go or I'm too busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I don't have time to sit here and try to understand how how or why you are the way you are or what makes you a complex a complex person mm. you know so mm. uh i don't know what we can do to get people out of that i don't really don't think it's our responsibility to to be it's honest not, yeah so um so okay you know I, yeah yeah man, I, I just think it's, it's up to us to just just roll with each other and and man do what we do and, and not, don't even worry about it okay that's what about you, Lou? Why, why do you think that we're not we don't we don't get the same leeway with being complex? 
Sean just like every answer. human being, just like every human being, basically. Sean had a good answer with um, when it comes to us, people are lazy. I don't want to have to deal with complexities when it comes to black. Like all y'all ought to act like this. Like we see this shit in election terms. We see this shit even with Angel Reese and the stuff that we were talking about earlier. Like every other race of people want to process us as a monolith. All black people act this way. Mm. Oh, this ought to be dope. This ought to appeal to all black people because no one really takes the time or feel like they have to take the time to understand the complexities of being black. Mm-hmm. Especially as an American mm-hmm. I ain't talking about Africans or Caribbeans mm-hmm. Or people who are not American I'm talking about us as American black people People don't understand And this circles back full circle To what we're talking about with Angel Reese People don't want to take the time to understand it. Like hey maybe she was just celebrating bro She's happy It ain't got nothing to do with trying to slight nobody else It ain't got nothing to do with trying to Outshadow Or overshine someone Maybe she's just like me Mm-hmm. White person, Indian person, Mexican person, however, whatever type of American you want to consider, maybe she's just like me, or these black people are just like me. And hey, they're celebrating their success. When it mm-hmm. comes to us, people are less likely to be like, "Are they just like me?" Because they look at us as so different. They look mm-hmm. at us as the Drakes and the Michael Jordans and the all oh. oh, you guys are so exceptional in these things that you do. How could you not understand what we're saying when we say this? And I don't think that that's fair as far as how they apply that to black people. They ex- they expect a monolith from us because in these aspects of their lives, like entertainment and sports, we're so good at those. We want you to be we expect you to be good at everything. We expect you to be like every time that we come to y'all, you should have the perfect answer. You should have the perfect response. And that's just not the case. People, Sean, you made a great point. They don't take the time to learn black people. They don't take the time to be like, oh, okay, that's the nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna answer this. We're gonna do a couple more questions, Sean, and then I let you. We we so grateful for your time. Um, yeah, I agree with both of y'all. Y'all y'all really hit it on the nail. It it, it is like we, we thinking, and it, I I always say it's like you guys never had to. It's that's I don't have why why do I have to. We're the, Who's we're gonna the, hold you accountable? We we're Who the from de- our culture is gonna hold you accountable. But even if we Joe do Biden, when you say, "Oh man, you gotta be black if you vote for me," yeah, like who's gonna hold you accountable for yeah. saying it? But even if somebody of the highest rank holds you accountable, it, so what? <laughs> we got the numbers. We're the default. What you gonna do? We're the default. <laughs> like even if all you, of y'all are mad, gotta, what you gonna do? That's what I'm saying. Because at, at some point, at some job interview, at some bill, at some place, some event, you're gonna have to see me, and you're gonna have to understand how to deal with me uh, as the white person that's m- m- uh, predominantly in charge of these different roles in the country, in this country. So you need to know who I am. I don't have to know who you are. You're, if if you make me if you, you make feel. me feel uncomfortable. You get what we have spoke about earlier Because I don't care about The complexity of how you operate I don't have to But you you damn sure better understand How we work Because if you're making me uncomfortable I'm, I'm shutting down your barbecue If you make me uncomfortable I'm calling Anyway So <laughs> Um, on, I, I, but before we move on, I just, I just had a, a quick question, man. Because yeah. I see this question about, you know, is there something we can educate people? Man, do you guys remember what? I know you remember when the George Floyd thing happened, right? And mm-hmm. 
Yeah, social media. Did you guys have any, I wouldn't even call them friends, but white people in your lives hit you up and say, <laughs> what can I do to understand <laughs> where you're coming from? <laughs> right? You remember that time? I can't wait to see Lou's response. You know, you know, no, you know. no, no, Mo, you go first. <laughs> nah, absolutely first, not. Mo. Absolutely not. That is not that that concept. I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that because <laughs> I mean, I guess black people wouldn't do it either, though. Like we wouldn't be like, uh, is there anything as a black person I could do to? Right. Yeah, you know I mean, I don't know what what because we. Yeah, I guess, but, that was, but that was so that it was so weird to be <laughs> in my DM. Oh, they were doing that to you. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! For sure! Oh. For sure! Yeah, yeah. yeah pe- people I know that I wouldn't even call friends. Wow! Or, uh, were in my DM saying, you know, yeah, you know, what can I do to understand what you're going through? You know, they 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 might have even posted the black square. You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. you know, we stand in solidarity with you that whole nine. But yeah, it, I, to me, man, hmm. I, I made this have dark humor in this. And, that was funny to me. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, right. Like, I don't even like, bro. If you got to ask, like, why are you even bringing? Is that is that commendable like, at all? That's not commendable at all. No, no, not to me. No, no. Wow. Because nah. because for, for me, for me, it it shouldn't take it shouldn't take. And it, we all saw the George Floyd thing, but mm-hmm. it shouldn't take. Okay. It 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 shouldn't take seeing someone's being choked out with a knee on the neck for you to care about how I feel. Type be like, damn, black people got it rough. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just, saying, damn, right. Is, is this what it took you to want to understand me and where I come from? I'm thinking, wow. man, yeah. you got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, dang, you're right. Yeah, you're right, bro. I, that was a great, great flip because I didn't see where he was going to. You said, I'm like, okay. So, no, no, it, it wasn't commendable to me. It was okay. just, yeah, you're right. I, you're right. not say anything. And okay. Go on with your life. I tell you what. When that happened, friend of the show, Dan, you talked to him, uh, Mo. Mm-hmm. Dan did. He he said something similar to what Sean is saying. <laughs> like, hey, man, like, bro, like, help me understand this. Like, <laughs> you you is my black friend. Like, yeah. help me understand, like, what I should be asking you. What, like, 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 just let me know. Okay. And I told him, I was like, bro, just be your authentic self. Yeah. Like, man. It, yeah, yeah, just don't. Because you seen this shit on TV, don't come to me because I'm the only black friend. <laughs> he gonna dog you. Shout out, out to Dan. He gonna dog you, boy. Yeah, just because I'm the only <laughs> black person that you know, don't come to me being like, "Oh, what can I do?" Like, nigga, I don't know. You figure right. this shit out. Let's do crazy. Yeah, that's, that, that's like that's the crush that white people hold. They be like, "Well, what can I do?" Like, figure it out, bro. I figure out how to be a black man in America every day. Like, don't come asking me. And I commend them, like Sean is saying, for trying to be point. proactive and well, trying yeah. to say, like, hey, I care. I yeah. want to make sure that you know that I care. But at the same time, like, bro, do the work. That's yeah. a yeah. lot of that's a lot of the the, the okay. I see where y'all going. The crutch that white people follow. They're yeah. like, I don't want to do the work. I just want you to tell me what I need to do to make it it look good in black people's eyes. Nah, figure <laughs> it out, nigga. You it ain't got shit yeah, to do with it. You it's figure like, it out. You're right, though. It's like, but. At the same time, I don't know. It's so hard because on one side of that coin, it's like, yeah, figure it out. But it's like, if I have the opportunity to maybe affect change here, even though it shouldn't be my role to, it's like, you're killing me. Can you tell me how to not be killing you while I'm killing you? Yeah, that's, that's, it's that's on you. 
but you figure it out right nigga. but but, but on a, we'll disagree on this mode because you're a lot more compassionate than i am yeah that's no true. absolutely i know i know nigga figure it out i don't care what you gotta ask what you Bro, gotta but if you see, leave that there you, you, you that's may... on you yeah but there and, and you're right but i don't have enough faith in you walking away from this i have enough faith in my ability Mm. I got more faith in my ability to make I could possibly change a ne- the next step for you for your next white encounter with your white lifestyle, your white people. I, it ain't my job. You're absolutely right. But there's a chance here that I may can change the trajectory. I shouldn't have to. But this is where we at. I shouldn't have to look over my shoulder. I shouldn't <laughs> have to dress this way. I shouldn't have to talk with my, my voice turned up a couple notches. I shouldn't have to do none of these things. But if this is something that can possibly affect some positive for my people or at least the mentality of y'all i kind of got to take it bro i, I, I see what you're saying but it's i ain't like, tap dancing for y'all niggas i'm not tap, performing that songs that ain't, that ain't tap dancing I, i'm not performing songs at the radio station for the executives this is a conversation what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 I hear what you're saying i would just prefer that i would just prefer that conversation to happen on okay, on different terms friday on friday april 7 2023 as opposed to, <laughs> I feel, I feel. you know, <laughs> how we got April here. April the fifth, Martin Luther King yeah. is assassinated, and it's like, oh, well, what? The, you know, oh man, this is a tough day for you guys. What can I do? Right, right. Right. Okay, I, I do because it's like all yeah, of a sudden you broke out of the kind of yeah, like the white uh, shell. Now you it. feel sorry. You, you broke yeah. out of the white <laughs> shell. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, I was just joking. I didn't want you to think that I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Oh, no, no, no. Because no, no, I'm, 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 I'm a hopeful guy as well, you know. Yeah. Oh, I give it. Yeah. I, I do have some dark humors about myself, but at the same time, <laughs> I like to give people hope and yeah. uh, a certain sense of belief. Not too much, but a certain sense of belief. I believe in them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I even to Sean's point, I'm even darker and even less skeptical <laughs> of you people. Which is why we have such a great time in the real world group chat, man. But <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate you joining us, Sean. Mo, what are you about to say? Nothing. Just on, on the ending note here, Sean, man. And I know it kind of ties with what I just said, but if this is a moment right here, who let's say if this is there's a listener that's not black. And this is not the black versus everybody podcast, but this is a podcast, but, uh, you know, to uplift black male, male consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what it is on your note. Is there anything that you want to give to people that are listening to maybe because now this is not the terms of somebody being killed on television. This is a moment now that we have. Is there anything that you would want to give to somebody to maybe give a little bit more understanding to black people? What would you say? Like, to anybody that's not black right now and they're saying hey how can i understand the complexities i want to respect you all more than what tv has told me or music or instagram has told me what would you say to that at this very moment well i'll end to um a phrase that angel reese has made popular this past week is be unapologetically you so if you genuinely and truly want to understand what my life is like being black or who I am as a black person mm-hmm. uh, ask you know mm-hmm. God gave us two ears and one mouth <laughs> so right. you know ask and listen yeah uh, and, and if and if it's genuinely if it's genuine and if it's in your heart then you know, it's, it's something you'll understand that can't be conquered in a day a month a year 
it's a it's a process. Mm-hmm. So uh, just just keep an open mind and also understand that I'm a human being just like you are. You know, my skin may be dark. I definitely have more melanin than, than you do. <laughs> but outside of that, though, we're all people. Mm-hmm. And the same way I'm expected to have an open mind when it comes to understanding you and where you come from mm-hmm. and your quite frankly, privilege of being mm-hmm. a white person, <laughs> have that same open mind and, and you know, genuine openness to understand where it is I'm coming from. This is yeah. basically, you know, what, what I asked for. But keep it real, though, man. Be, un- be unapologetic about it. Okay. I like it. Um, Sean, man, we thank you so much. Is there... We'll have you back on the show, man. Clearly, you are a friend of a show. You are a brother to the show now. That's that's what we're going to make cool. Brother to the show. Media contributor. Absolutely. Contributor, man. Is there He's any... definitely contributor because I take thoughts from Sean in the group chat and I bring him back here. So some of the thoughts come from him. Absolutely. Oh, great. Uh, is there anything uh, you want to plug or anything before we let you go, brother? Oh, well, yeah. Well, it's, it's a little inside joke between me and Lou, man. Man, the, <laughs> one of the reasons why I'm here is... Lewis mentioned them before. Like my guy Jay Taylor, Jay Hove, and Brandon Long. <laughs> those are my Nash, my Nash Billion brothers. Uh love those guys at death. They given me the opportunity to meet people like Lou and, and Chris, as well as uh, Jeff and other people a part of the Realville Media Group. I appreciate them for that, showing them love. We gotta get Jay on the show, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we do, man. I gotta catch Jay Hove. You're right, man. It's we been too long. We too good of friends man. not to have been on each other's platforms. You're right. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but they they having uh they having crossed. <laughs> it's some South Side shit. Man. Right. It's some yeah. Old deep line right. South Side shit, man. It's between yeah, I, me. Yeah, this is for my time, man. But yeah, I, 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 I like to give both. I, and I give them both uh, stuff about that too. I think it's a both about that. Yeah, he do. He do. But yeah, man. Shout, shout out to Jay and uh, Coach Lot. Jeff, Weezy, Parham, yes. all those guys. Because without them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be on the platform right now. So. Absolutely. And with that being said, shout out to my brother Jay Hove. He introduced me to good brothers like Sean. Man, like since I met Sean, it's been nothing but positive stuff. We've been able to build, and he he checks out damn near everything that I do. Man, I'm always surprised when people be like, "Man, I listened to this and it was good." I don't care how long I've been doing it; it still registers to me. And he is a person that's I, I'll do that I ain't got too much pride To be like Hey my nigga You killed that And I'll <laughs> yeah. respect that From him Because a lot of niggas Will uh-huh. not do that That's right um, With that okay. being said Appreciate you brother um, Shout out to J-Hove We're gonna we, we're, we're gonna get him on here Man We, we <laughs> figure out our differences Man And get him on here <laughs> But shout out That's my brother I love him to death And, and also shout out to him Watch as a brother man I didn't grow up around him different from Dro and the rest of the people that you met Mo but however he he was a different dude when I met him and this is why I appreciate Jay Jay not he's not he don't hang around the same type of people that I do which is what made he and I close as far as him just being having a different perspective on stuff and just being on a different route and he always introduced me to Solid Brothers and watches I absolutely one of the most solid brothers he's ever introduced me to, bro. I ain't saying this just because you're here. I genuinely appreciate 
you holding me accountable because anytime I say some bullshit or whatever it may be, why well, it's gonna be in the group chat and he holding me accountable. And a lot of people that I grew up with, they, they won't do that just because of the different relationships that we have, man. And I genuinely appreciate watch as far as what he does and what he's brought to the table for our friend group 100% yeah no doubt man and the reason watch why I hold you accountable like he pulled up on my mama before he was like nigga I know your son like <laughs> my mom called me she was like do you know do you know like a, a, a guy who I can't remember his name was light skin had a beard he asked me, "Did I know you?" I was like, "Yeah, I think I know you." Talking about, oh, man, that's you know what I'm saying? And so, so watch to pull up on your people too to make sure that you're holding it down as well. And I appreciate that because she said you were nothing but respectable. She she wanted me to send her hellos and everything to you when I told her I was with show with you tonight. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. And, and the re- reason why I do that, Lou, is because, man, I. I this is this is your space, man. You know, I, I think this is as far as however you want to take it, you know, to be honest with you. So, uh, man, and, and, and same with you, Mo. Same with you, Mo. I mean, I've I've started since you guys came together. I mean, it's been a it's like you guys have known each other for the for the longest. You know what I mean? So <laughs> thank you. You know, man, if, for me, I, I'm just a I'm, I'm a positive spirit. So, you know. That that's 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 what I'm gonna put out there, man. That's that's the energy I give. So thank you. Uh, thank you so man. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I just enjoy the show and thank you for having me on. I look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. This has been another week in the book. What episode is this, Mo? Thirty thirty-seven or so. Seven. I just that's keep it. up with the chapter. Thirty-seven man. on the numbers. You know, enough to chapter thirty-seven, man, crazy. featuring on walls, uh, complexities of black men. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week. This has been another week in the books. I am Spike Lou Mo. We appreciate you, Sean. Thank you for jumping on with us. Yeah.